0: Welcome to the Keep Texas Red podcast, where we discuss the importance of true conservative values. Follow us on KeepTexasRed.org. And now, here's your host, campaign strategist and political commentator, Joseph Vargas.
1: Well, this season has brought a lot of challengers to the incumbents in Texas, and our next guest is no exception he was born and raised in a town that's called the heart of texas that'd be brady texas he's an air force veteran small business owner texas first and priorities in life are faith family and freedom welcome to the keep texas red podcast wes Burdell.
0: hey thanks for having me on i appreciate it
1: now wes this is not your first rodeo uh this is not the first campaign uh you also ran for congress back in 2020 so now tell us a little bit about that. What did you learn from the that campaign that's better prepared you for this state race for HD 53?
0: Yeah, I would uh I would say that probably lessons learned is it takes a lot more money to run a campaign than I had realized. I mean, we did really good in that campaign. We only spent $27,000 and there is there was 3.4 million in that race among 10 candidates and we still got third place with that little bit of money, but but we did learn a lot. As far as uh, the biggest thing is, you need enough money because about ten percent of the voters are actively going to conservative groups or, or kind of reaching out and and uh, asking asking the uh, the candidates for information about them. But that other ninety percent, like we really have to to have that money to reach out with them, to them with the marketing and the mailing and all those sorts of things.
1: Now. When you ran previously, you stated that there was a lot of your concerns, you know, for getting a true conservatives elected into office. What is that the same reason you're running this time around for HD 53? Or is there a different reason or why did you decide to run for this today?
0: Yeah, so the uh, it started back during the covid tyranny. Uh, Government Abbott, those guys definitely overreached their authority. They definitely stepped on our inalienable rights. And what was the most disappointing was to watch all these legislators that are elected that have spent all of their time complaining, uh, you know, basically telling people how conservative they are and how they're fighting for us. Whenever the fight showed up at their doorstep, those guys were were absent. They were dead silent. They didn't actually stand up and fight for us. Uh, I think that basically what they did is they lied to the constituents when they were telling us that they were going to fight for us.
1: Now, one of the the ironies of this that you mentioned is that Most of these candidates always run as conservatives. And like you said, once they get into office, wherever that may be, either in Austin or even Washington, it seems like their voting doesn't reflect how they ran as conservatives. So what what is a conservative according to you, Wes?
0: uh, So to me, the way I look at it as, uh, you know, conservative is somebody who wants to keep traditional values, which I think identifies me. Uh, my biggest issue right now is actually Republican, which means that you, candidates, when they say they're Republican that they believe in small, limited government and most of these guys, they get up there and they don't vote for small, limited government and they vote to expand the government and government, it's it's like a cancer in a way, it's, it's you know, there's a necessary evil that we have to have a small government but it's like cancer, it doesn't quit growing, it's always going to try to get bigger and it's up to us to, to keep that government small and the guys that are running for office and telling us that that's what they're doing they're lying they don't actually fight to keep it small
1: so now you are challenging an incumbent right now an incumbent that has gained a lot of support from some of the the establishment elected officials right now so when anybody runs against an incumbent obviously feels that you don't feel that the job is getting done so what is a current incumbent not doing that Wesley Verdell wants to do different
0: yeah, the, the main ones that were there's there's several issues, but the main ones that we're focusing on is uh, he remained dead silent whenever Abbott shut down churches and businesses and mandated masks. He didn't speak up for our, our liberties at all during that time. Uh, the other one is he voted to lower voter fraud penalties from a felony to a misdemeanor. And then the third one would be one one of, yeah, let's say one of the third ones, which I know is a weird statement to make, but... He basically didn't stand up for a lot of other issues, one of those being abortion. So Brian Slayton proposed an amendment during the House rules that they should debate abortion before taking up any bills, naming roads or bridges. Whenever that, uh, that happened, uh, Andy voted yes on it, which is good. But then he walked across the House floor and in the House Journal changed his vote and wrote in there, I meant to vote no on it. And then there's actually another issue, too which is Democrats chairing committees. Uh, Brian Slayton proposed that only the majority party could chair committees, which would mean Republicans, seeing as how we're a Republican majority. And anyways, Andy Murr voted to allow allow Democrats to chair committees. So that's a that's a pretty big issue to me. What happens is they the Speaker will appoint Democrats to chair the committees, who is a Republican, and then those, those Democrat chairs will kill any of our good bills. And the reason they do that, I think, is because they're not actually conservative up there. What they're doing is is they're putting these Democrats in those positions on purpose with the, uh, with the intent of they tell that Democrat, here's the bills we want to get through, here's the bills we don't want to get through, and then they can go back to their, their constituents and say, hey, look, we fought for it, but a Democrat killed it, hoping that people don't realize that the Democrat was put there by the Republican.
1: Wes, let's uh, assume that the day after election, you win the election and you are the new uh, representative. What are you going to do when you go to Austin and they tell you, okay, come here, Wes? Because this is something actually we've heard from a lot of people that get elected actually happens. So they bring you in to say, you know, welcome to the club. But let me tell you now how things go up here. You know, if you want to be able to chair any committees, if you want to have any funds for your constituents, you're going to have to understand and do things our way. So what is Wes Burdell going to do in that situation?
0: Yeah, I would say I'd tell him to go pound sand uh a bunch of the guys they fall for that they get up there and they say hey you know they they think that if they want to get things accomplished they have to play the game but every one of those guys that go up there and play the game they don't get anything done so it would be foolish of me to think that that would actually be a proper way to do something and generally they they don't believe in conservative values so they want you to compromise those values to what they're really doing is they're swaying you over to their side and you're giving up stuff not realizing it and that's not for me that's not how i how i would lead
1: your uh your district it includes several counties. It's several counties: Bandera, Crockett, Edwards, Kerr, Kimball, Lano, Mason, Medina, Menard, Real, Schleicher, and Sutton counties. I'm sure you've been campaigning in all these different counties. What are you hearing from the voters in these counties?
0: Uh, the the main thing we've heard since we got into this campaign is thank God you're running against Andy Murray. He never comes to visit us. Uh, but. What, what we're also hearing is the same issues that, that we're hammering on, which is they're tired of Democrats uh, leading the legislation, meaning, meaning running running as Democrat chairs. Those issues, you know, they're killing our bills that we need to get through. And then what they really feel like is, hey, a lot of these guys that have made promises to us, they don't, they don't keep their promises. They tell us what we want to hear and they go back and do something different. So they really want to make sure that a state rep will go there and actually represent them and actually do what they say they're going to do.
1: You know, recently, there's been a lot of issues. been all over the news also. Right now, when you talk to a lot of the uh, elected officials in Austin, they tell you that there's nothing they could do about the vaccine mandates because they come from the federal government. They also say that there's nothing they could do about protecting the border because that's a federal jurisdiction. So what is your response to these issues?
0: Yeah, I would, I would say a lot of it. So the, the border... Is a federal issue, but I think that we still have some powers under the Constitution. So the federal government is not doing their job, and I think that we have the right to to defend our border if they're not going to, especially during uh, imminent imminent invasion. I guess would be the word to use uh, when it comes to the vaccine mandates. That's a Tenth Amendment issue. You know, nowhere in the Constitution does it give the the federal government authority to to do anything like that. And the 10th Amendment states that anything not within the Constitution is left up to the states and the people. I think that our state should be standing up. So Andrew Murr uh, has been been challenged to join the call for the vaccine mandate to, to ban it in a special session. And there's about 24 representatives that have signed up saying, hey, let's let's have this fourth special session and fight the vaccine mandates. And anyways, Andrew Murr refuses to join on that list. We're not sure why he won't join on it, but for whatever reason, he refuses to fight for us on that
1: Now, some of your priorities uh, that you have in in running for office, it's the uh, punish voter fraud, eliminate property taxes, and also secure the border, among other ones that you had on your site. What do you mean by punish voter fraud? Are you referring to the election integrity?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That goes back to Andy Murr and them voting to reduce the voter fraud penalties from felony to misdemeanor, and so I think we need to to make voter fraud a felony again. That's- it's insanity that they're telling us how, how they've secured our elections, but then now it's just a slap on the wrist to, to cheat in an election. So, so that's pretty frustrating. Uh, as far as property taxes go, I think it's immoral to perpetually tax property. That means that you don't actually own the property. You're just renting it from the government. We still have to make sure that our schools and our local governments are funded, and there's a lot of different ways to do that. I have my idea that I think would work well, but I'm open to other ideas. But I do think it's wrong to perpetually tax somebody, and that gets into uh, elderly people who are on fixed incomes. You know, they, they have a fixed income, but yet their property taxes are going up every year. That's that's wrong too. Those those folks, you know, they don't have the resources to uh, to just come up with more money to offset their their new expenses, and it's wrong for the government to tax those people that way.
1: Early voting starts already in a couple of weeks. Here starts on February the fourteenth. It'll run through the 25th with election being on Tuesday, March 1st. We have your website as verdellfortexas.com. And Verdell is V I R D E L L, the word for Texas.com. And I emphasize the word for because a lot of the uh, current uh, candidates are using the number for, but you, you want it to be different. You use the actual word for. So it's Verdell for Texas.com. That's where they can find out more about you. Um, yeah. So, Wes, thank you for being with us on the Keep Texas Red podcast. Before we go, tell voters why you're the best candidate for Texas House District 53.
0: Well, I think that, that uh, when I tell you that I'm actually going to go up there and fight for you, I mean it. Uh, I'm not easily swayed, and, and I think I have a past history of standing up to corruption. Uh, I can promise you that when I get there, you will not see me caving into the swamp. I'm, I have no problem with those guys not liking me. They don't represent me. My goal is to represent this district. And, you know, from when I was in the military, uh, I learned pretty quickly you're either serving your troops or your leadership. And I'm proud to say my leadership may not have always liked the way I did things, but I made sure that my troops had everything they needed. And in the same sense as representing this district, I'll make sure that that uh, our, our district has what they need and that I'm representing them properly.
1: Well, Wes, we wish you all the best on the campaign trail and thanks for being on the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Keep Texas Red podcast. Follow us on KeepTexasRed.org.